You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This episode of She Pivots is brought to you by the House of Chanel. Harnessing the revitalizing powers of the red camellia flower, Chanel Research introduces a new generation of eco-responsible skincare. Numero 1 de Chanel, beauty ahead of time. Discover the collection at chanel.com. Chanel introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare infused with a high concentration of ingredients and derived from the uniquely revitalizing winter-blooming red camellia flower. Packaged with lightweight glass, organic ink, and other bio-based materials, Numéro 1 de Chanel forges an unprecedented path of skincare innovation. Numéro 1 de Chanel, beauty ahead of time. To learn more about the line, visit chanel.com. This week, I'm excited to share my conversation, or should I say conversations, with Nina Westbrook. During this episode, you'll hear part of our chat from our weekly Getting Down to Business series that I hosted on Marie Claire's Instagram. Since I couldn't get enough, I interviewed her again a few months later. Nina is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's the founder of B'nai by Nina and now the host of her new podcast, The Relationship Chronicles. Her name may sound familiar because she's the wife of NBA all-star Russell Westbrook and they have three beautiful kids together. It was fascinating to hear how she redefined her career and her life as she built her family with Russell. I hope you enjoy our candid conversation as much as I did. Let's jump right in. I'm so excited to have on with us today, Nina Westbrook, who is a licensed family therapist and just talking about stuff that nobody else is talking about. So I'm so excited, although I'll try not to turn this into my own personal therapy session. (laughs) That happens a lot, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It's really tempting with having you here as an expert. So Nina, welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much. I'm I'm so happy we get to do, do this again. I know this is our third attempt. We did it once (laughs) over Instagram live. 
that was a big success. And then our second attempt was a, a fit and start because I got stung by a bee the night before and I'm allergic mm-hmm. to bees. I don't know if your team My told you that. My husband is allergic to bees, like EpiPen allergic to bees. So I totally get it. Wait, me too. So that's what happens that I had to use like a bunch of EpiPens and Benadryl the night before. So Nina, I am so excited to have you on. So just give us a little background. I'm the wife of Russell Westbrook, who's this crazy, cool basketball player. And life is just always busy, hectic. And I feel like from like starting a long time ago, I I realized that mental health was going to have to be a focus for me. And I wanted to use all the tools and my experiences to help share and spread all of the knowledge that I've kind of accumulated along the way and help people along their mental health and wellness journeys as well. I started out like very regular, um, doing a lot of inpatient work. I did outpatient work, community work. Um, I've worked with all different populations. I've done group therapy, individual family therapy. And so I feel like once I kind of got a good grasp of that, things changed quickly for me, which I know we're going to talk about later. But I had to kind of figure out how to reinvent who I was, what I was doing in a way that made sense for me, which was really challenging because I actually really love that one-on-one connection or that small intimate connection that I would get. And it was so rewarding practicing as a, a licensed marriage and family therapist. So I feel like now I'm in a new space and I would like to just get really into talking about mental wellness as everyday life. I'm a very, very regular, practical, quiet, private introvert. So my intimate moments uh, practicing as a licensed marriage and family therapist were really rewarding for me. I felt like that was like my calling and it was something that I was really good at and I I just loved to do. It It was my passion. And as being in a relationship with someone who's so high profile, had created a bit of an issue with the therapeutic relationship, right? And so I was like, okay, I don't know that I can go do therapy with people and they want to talk about this or that, or they see me as this person rather than as their therapist here to help them talk about their situation and what's going on in their lives, work through different challenges. So I was like, okay, let me try this. I'm going to try opening this business. And through lots of trial and error, I learned that, no, this is where I want to be in the mental health space. How can I fit this passion of mine into my new everyday life? Um, And so here I am. I decided to create B'nai by Nina, which is a digital wellness platform where I can share lots of information regarding mental health and wellness and I, my goal is to make sure that we are starting to see mental health and wellness as part of our everyday lives rather than this big abstract or scary theme or topic. And so I'm, I feel like I'm now doing it on a different level, but it's still something I really enjoy and I'm very passionate about. This is so interesting. I, mean, I, I talk a lot about, I kind of feel like the thesis for thinking about this is how we can be doing so well in our careers that we can have done everything right. Mm-hmm. And then there's externalities that change it. And that it's not possible in the same form that it was before. And so we have to be rethinking about how to right. redefine success. But that feeling is frustrating. 
that like the, the on the career path we were doing everything right like holding those two ideas in my head took me i think a couple of years mm -hmm. to realize that both things could be true that, like it wasn't a failure that i had work-wise that derailed it and also acknowledging that like yes my career is in fact derailed right. in the form that i thought it was going to be and so i have to reimagine what success is going to look like this kind of plays into that something positive happens though it's negative maybe you think it's negative but it turns out to be positive and i feel like as the introvert that i am there was a lot it took me a long time it took me a long time to cope and process the fact that i could not do things the way that i had imagined and planned them to be similar to having kids when you think like that whole idea of getting back it kind of was total the same place. concept in terms of trying to figure out what I'm going to be doing moving forward and how that wrapping my mind around that and how do I take myself out of my comfort zone right and something I was very familiar and comfortable and happy and really good at and now I'm moving into a situation that's a little bit more less familiar what are things that you are seeing now like what are trends that you're seeing as a therapist that you do want to make sure that people are are bringing to light, like are bringing to the surface? This is a really important topic because I feel like in family settings, we're learning that communication is actually a good thing and how we communicate with our kids or how children communicate with their parents are, is going to give us a, so much information. And as parents, we want to be able to create space and create environments where we can, our kids feel comfortable communicating, whether it's about the things that are happening at school, their feelings, emotions, hard, difficult times that they're going through. Modeling that behavior, modeling that communication has become quite the thing. I'm sure you've heard of all your, your kids are young, all the different parenting styles, even in families now, um, like gentle parenting. And there's so many trends and we try our best to kind of, you know, utilize whatever, take different parts that work for us or feel like feel good to us and, and our, use them in our family use it family units. But overall, I think that communication and is a huge trend and being more open with our within families is becoming a lot more acceptable and the vulnerability of all of it is is great. So I love to see the trajectory of that just continuing to increase. Yeah, I do feel like people are more comfortable now talking about, you know, saying they are in therapy, they've been in therapy or using mm -hmm. words like, you know, it's sort of like normal, it's much more normalized, which I think is great that we're thinking about our mental health in that way. Absolutely. I wonder from a family and relationship perspective, I feel like everybody's relationship took a toll during COVID. Like we just are not meant to spend that much time together. And <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like just too much for pretty much everyone I know. Totally. It was. Yeah. What are you seeing? Well, I mean, I've just been reading a lot and I've learned, like I recently read something about the fact that isolation is the highest form of like, it leads to the, to depression which we already knew that. But when you talk about the pandemic and how so many of us were isolated, um, whether we were together or, or by ourselves, I feel like the isolation from the outside world in general, even if you're in a family unit, not having normal social interactions, but it took a really big toll on all of us 
especially those who are already kind of managing some mental health illnesses or mental health things like anxiety or depression, it definitely exasperated that. I think that we found out the importance of social connection and human connection. And and it's, you know, research has proven that we do better, we thrive as human beings when we are well-connected. So the more connected you are, the better you are socially, emotionally, mentally. And the less connected you are, you're not thriving as much. It's, it takes a huge toll on our social and emotional wellness. The Surgeon General has been on a tour talking about this again recently. The Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, who I love dearly mm-hmm. and actually is a dear friend, he said that loneliness takes a physical toll on you. And he wrote a whole book about it. I think, I think the thing that he said recently that's been getting more attention is that being lonely has the same physical impact as being a habitual smoker. Wow. Like it has the same impact on your body. I know. And that's another big thing that a lot of us are finally starting to recognize is the connection between our physical being and our mental being. So they're so intertwined and most people don't really realize that we grow up really focusing on our physical health. But when it comes to our physical wellness and how our mental health health is is completely connected to how we feel physically, whether it be through our eating habits or exercise, whatever the case may be, we have those chemical um, bodies that help us to do better and feel happier when we're moving our body. So that's an example of a direct correlation between our physical and our mental. So it's really great that more information is coming out and, and really connecting the two. And I feel like it's always been like a huge mission of mine with Benet by Nina to help educate and share how our everyday lives are so intertwined in the things that we do and how they directly impact our mental health. And it's not like this big thing. It's just like every little thing that we do throughout the day is impacting our mental health in some way, shape or form. Yes. Okay. So let's go, let's go to Benet by, by Nina. Let's back up here. Okay. So you got your degree and then what happened? Walk us through your, your trajectory. Well, you know what? I actually started off as an English major, which I I loved. It wasn't quite exactly what I was expecting. So I tacked on a minor, I tacked on psychology, uh, clinical psychology, and I went on to get my, my license in marriage and family therapy. And that's been great for me. I feel like growing up, I was always this kind of person who was really interested in people and their relationships and how they were thinking and how they were feeling and wanting to connect with other people. So that always came naturally to me. Once I started studying marriage and family therapy, it didn't feel like school. It didn't feel like work. It was just fun. I loved it. I couldn't wait to go to class and be with my classmates and my professors. That's where things kind of started. And then I, I went on, I did a lot of community work. I did a lot of inpatient work. I worked in schools. So I worked with the geriatric community. I did a, a lot of mental health work in different various organizations across between California and Oklahoma. And then I got pregnant with my first kid. And I was like, okay, this is great. I'm trying to kind of manage being in a small town where my husband is quite popular and I'm practicing as a mental health professional. And 
it kind of creates a little bit of a tricky dynamic for therapists to have with their clients. So I did a pivot, went into, I wanted to test the waters in my entrepreneurial journey. And that's been great. It was really cool. I opened up a store, got really interested in lots of baby things and bringing in community experts, lactation experts, and partnering with hospitals and trying to give as much communication and access as I can within that space. Mommy and me classes. The focus became community, even though it was a retail store, because that at the core of things was my passion. Yeah. And actually, I think we should probably give a little context here. I want to come back and dig into this point about trying to be a therapist in a community where you are associated with a well-known spouse, which is such an interesting dynamic to think about. As you know, because I know you're very familiar with therapy, you know, there has to be a specific dynamic between the patient or the the client and the therapist. And it kind of made it impossible for me to to maintain that anonymity that I needed. And so I had to pivot and figure out how I can fulfill my passion and do what I love, but in a way that that made more sense for my lifestyle. I was also moving quite often from state to state. So that also made it difficult. Because of which team he was on. The, what team he was on, we were also, we've always been based in LA. So um, in the off seasons, we would travel to LA. It's kind of hard to keep clients when I'm moving around so often. And that led me into my business. Did you have to license state by state to practice? Yes, you do. You have to, I mean, there's a national exam. There's um, a route that you can take to get licensed um, nationally. But I did some of my licensing hours in California that were also accepted in Oklahoma. I did a lot of work in Oklahoma towards my licensure. That process actually took me forever just because I was practicing on and off in the summers, I, would, I wasn't practicing. And then during the season, I would be practicing. So it took me some years to finally get there, but I did. And it just made it so much better. Were you able to find community when you were in, the, when you were in season and you were practicing? Or how did you find community when you were practicing? Because I think that working as a licensed therapist is not the traditional thought about professional athlete spouses. Right. Totally. I feel like it's always been really important to me to have my own identity and have my own connections and my own community. Like you said, I think there I've always had a knack for kind of latching on to or connecting with people that I felt were going to help me and had genuine interest in helping me to get to where I wanted to be, Um, whether that be like connecting with the right supervisors or getting in the right doors and working in the right places where I felt like I was going to be taught and that I was going to be welcomed and that I felt really good about the program also, because that was really important to me. Mental health is such a significant thing. And a lot of the times when you're working, especially inpatient, you're working with some very fragile people who are going through some very traumatic things. So um, the process of how things were being done Um, There had to be a lot of trust and support from other people, which I definitely found a community outside of the traditional basketball wives 
community or team community. So it's, I've always been able to kind of find my, my tribe. Did you have community within basketball as well? Or you've always really searched for your own? I mean, I definitely did because it's, it's a very small, tight knit community. And I feel like the experience of all of it is not something that's extremely common. And so I've met so many of my lifelong friends through my husband's playing basketball, whether it be coaches, wives, or um, his teammates, spouses. I feel like we all kind of have a very similar journey that most people don't really understand or couldn't connect to. And so you can't help but to really bond with people. Part of what I was asking about when can you license in both states, because the way you were describing it made me think about when President Obama was in office, the first lady, Michelle Obama, and at that Mm -hmm. time, the second lady, Jill Biden, had a big initiative to help military spouses work. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things they did was make licensing in teaching and in nursing, and I, I imagine probably therapy as well, transferable across states, because as their spouses would get deployed and transferred to different states around the country, they didn't have time to re-license. And so they couldn't work. And so that actually made them able to work. And so, in, and, and the more you're describing the community, I actually am seeing even more parallels. Well, that was huge when that happened. I actually remember when that happened. And I was like thinking to myself, oh my goodness, this would be, this would work really well for me too. Obviously it's not quite the same um, situation, but having to move did make it challenging in this profession when you have to be licensed per each state. Now I will say that telehealth has completely changed things because you can be practicing in your state and talking to a therapist, like via telehealth and your therapist could be located elsewhere. Whereas when I was first coming, when I first started and when I was first out of college, which is so crazy, things were so different. Being a therapist was like, you sit in front of the person. It's very, it's in person. We don't want to do telehealth. We don't want, like, you can't trust the security of it. Like it was very ingrained in us that we needed to be in person. You don't really want to be talking to your clients on the phone. And now everything is preferred to be over the computer or over the phone. So that has helped a lot. I see a therapist, but my therapist is in uh, a different state. And so, yes. So being licensed, as long as you're where you are and you're practicing and the rules could change, don't take, you know, the rules could change vary from state to state, but you can see clients that are not in the same state as long as you're in that state. Oh, that's super interesting how the fields evolve. Exactly. Did you watch Shrinking? Oh, love Shrinking. (laughs) it is like one of my fave shows right now i'm so sorry it's over oh i know i was like please do not end i need this it was so good okay so as a therapist and as a black woman therapist because that Uh was a big theme in the last couple of episodes that she was like people need to see more black women therapists and to Mm -hmm. normalize therapy and like i need to be visible that was a big theme at the end in the last couple episodes Mm -hmm. like i was so I loved everything about the show, but like, I want to know what your, what you saw in it. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was a really great show. There were a lot of things that happened where a lot of boundaries were crossed and 
you could kind of see all of the therapists like holding each other accountable for the things that were happening that were not quite ethical. So like the, his client moving in with him and like becoming friends and still continuing to see him, like that's not something you would typically see in real life. You know what I love about it? I feel like it definitely humanized therapists because as much as the relationship between your therapist is so important, they're just people too. And this happens a lot. You know, I've learned that people jump from therapist to therapist quite often because there's something that might be said that might rub them the wrong way one time, or they made them feel uncomfortable, which therapists typically tend to do that when talking about certain things that we are not usually accustomed to talking to. And I've seen that and noticed that as a thing, like when the therapist says one thing or does one thing, then you're ready to run where I'm like, well, this is a look at actual people that are therapists, but they're messy. Their lives are messy. They can go into a therapy session with something really crazy just happened before, like anyone else. Maybe they're not on top of their game that day. I just thought it was so interesting and fun to see. Yeah, I loved it so much. Okay, so tell us about the cards. I created Do Tell because I wanted to... I love having conversations. I'm the person who is at dinner doing like all the fun little thought provoking icebreakers and things like that. And so Do Tell actually was inspired by my husband, which we used to play this game um, when we were in college where we would just ask. It was like the question game and we could ask each other any question we wanted. You had to answer And that was my way of getting more communication um, from him, who he's not much of a talker. So and also building a deeper connection and getting down to like some more important, serious topics. And that's what I wanted to do with the game. I wanted to create a fun way for people to interact. It's a game, so it feels a little less um, daunting and It's just uh, each question is used to provoke like thought and self-reflection, whether it's about yourself and your personal interests or your relationships. I wanted to create a like a a game that's going to give you some thought and insight into the things that you're going that are going on in our everyday lives that we don't take the time out to really think about normally because we're all so busy. Yeah. And where can people find it? I mean, social media, my, my Instagram, um, you can go to dotailcardgame.com and purchase it. And there's lots of videos that share like how you play. And it's, I've played with couples. I've played with girlfriends. I've played with my husband, my family, my parents. It checks the boxes for each group of people and it's fun. Everyone always wants to keep playing. I love that. Well, Nina Westbrook, thank you so much for joining us in our Candid Conversation. It's so great to have you on She Pivots. Thank you so much. It was always so great talking to you. Thanks for listening to this Candid Convo episode of She Pivots. Check back in weekly for more conversations with inspiring women. To learn more about our guests, follow us on Instagram at She Pivots the Podcast. Leave a rating and comment if you enjoyed this episode to help others learn about it. A special thank you to our partner, Marie Claire, and the team that made this episode possible. Talk to you next week. She Pivots is hosted by me, Emily Tish sussman 
produced by Emily Edda Voloshik, with sound editing and mixing from Nina Pollock, and research and planning from Christine Dickinson and Hannah Cousins. I endorse T-Pivot. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 